Welcome to this episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint Podcast with your host, Brad Johnson. Brad's the VP of Advisor Development at Advisors Excel, the largest independent insurance brokerage company in the U.S. He's also a regular contributor to Investment News, The Wall Street Journal, and other industry publications. Hey guys, this episode's brought to you by BombBomb.com. You may have never heard of them, but here's what they do. In fact, I've been using them in my business for well over a year, couldn't survive without them. So they take delivering a video in your clients or prospects inbox and they make it super seamless and easy. In the past, if I wanted to shoot a video, share an idea, concept with my clients, I'd have to go to YouTube, upload it, copy and paste a picture in my email, link it. It was just a ton of work. Therefore, I just flat out didn't do it. Now what BombBomb does, it makes it easy. In fact, I'm doing this video right now on their service. Once I'm done, I will hit save, it will upload seamlessly on their website. Then I just pull up my clients or prospects that I want to send it out to. I select the list. I type a subject line, put a little something in the body of the email, hit send. It's in my clients and prospects inboxes within a matter of minutes. Even better, think about your inbox. It's crazy, right? It's chaos trying to keep up with that thing. Well, imagine if now your prospects or clients, they see your smiling face. They just see a play button. They hit it. They can now listen and watch whatever ideas you have to share with them in real time as far as face-to-face -face interaction as far as they're concerned, most importantly, on their calendar, not on yours, and it's not all the work of having to read an email that's three pages long. So guess what? It just flat out doesn't get read. So here's what to do if you want to check out this service. My buddy Connor over at BombBomb, he's put together a special offer for you guys. So it's BombBomb as in it blows up, bombbomb.com forward slash Brad. Go out there for a two-week free trial to check it out. He's put that together for all the Elite Advisor Blueprint listeners. And by the way, they put their money where their mouth is. So if you don't like the service, after the two weeks, you sign up, you pay for it. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee as well. So once again, bombbomb.com forward slash Brad. Go check the service out. I guarantee you'll love it. Welcome everyone. My name is Brad Johnson and I'm the VP of Advisor Development at Advisors Excel. In each episode of the Elite Advisor Blueprint podcast, it's my goal to distill the best ideas and advice from top thought leaders and apply it to the world of independent financial advising. Essentially, I want to help you make more while working less. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Donald Miller. For those of you unfamiliar with Don, his books have collectively spent over a year on the New York Times bestseller list, and he's taken this passion for storytelling and created StoryBrand, a business that's consulted the likes of Berkshire Hathaway, Chick-fil-A, Charity Water, and Intel, to name just a few. They coach their clients on a seven-step framework to successfully tell a story and apply it to your business. Essentially, it's using the framework of story, one that's been passed down the last few thousand years of recorded human existence, and using it to engage the human mind. Most importantly, Don applies this to your marketing to help you engage your ideal clients and compel them to take action. In this wide-ranging conversation, we cover some incredible marketing concepts. We have a lot of fun at the same time. The conversation kicks off with how in reality, Star Wars and the movie Tommy Boy are actually identical stories when you look at the framework behind them that they're actually constructed with. Deep stuff here, I know, but Don will show you exactly how this applies to your business once we dig in. Next, 
we discuss the two things the human brain is trying to do at all times and what you can do in your marketing to capitalize on this. Don later digs in on how a random encounter on an airplane completely changed his perspective on his personal brand and how this eventually led to the creation of StoryBrand. In a fun segue, we actually talk politics. Don't worry, we don't pick any sides, but we do dig in to how Donald Trump's campaign success can actually be linked to following a story-like framework. Don actually deconstructs this on the podcast. It's incredible how spot on he is with this analysis. Lastly, we dig into three quick steps to dramatically improve your web presence as a financial advisor. And in reality, these can be done in probably a day or two's time. So great, simple tips that you can all definitely utilize with your web presence. One final note, for those of you listening to this via podcast, this was originally a live video call with my clients. There's a piece of this conversation where I screen share the seven-step framework that Don utilizes at StoryBrand. If you'd like to check that out, you can find the video of this podcast at bradleyjohnson.com forward slash Donald Miller. That's Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y, Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N.com forward slash Donald Miller. As always, thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Don Miller. Welcome, Don. I'm excited to have you here on the Elite Advisor Blueprint podcast all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. Yes. So Wonderful uh, Nashville. Yes, yes. So I was actually just down there earlier uh, this week. Weather was beautiful, mid-70s. So hopefully you guys are still getting that weather down there right now. You know, yeah, Nashville's so funny. You get all four seasons in one day. Uh, but I, I'll take it. I'll take it over to the rain of Portland, Oregon. It works fine for me. There, well, whatever you do, don't come to Kansas then. <laughs> it only gets worse from there. So. Um, well, I figured I would just hop right in here and you have this very compelling concept. And actually the first time we met, uh, we have a mutual friend in Michael Hyatt. Mm. And, um, I remember you just threw this out right off, right off the bat. And I was like, it made me think for a little bit. So you have this crazy theory that star Wars (laughs) and Tommy boy are essentially the same movie. And we'll tie this all into marketing and how that affects it. But I would love to hear you expand on that thought. Yeah, absolutely. So I study story. I studied story for years to write books. And then uh, in order to study story, you, you study structure. You study how stories work. And believe it or not, they are formulas. They are very formulaic. You are being tricked every time you go into a movie uh, by 2,000 years of best practices in storytelling. And a lot of uh, story experts believe there are only seven stories that are ever told. Uh, you just exchange the hero and the conflict and the obligatory scene at the end and all that kind of stuff. So Star Wars and Tommy Boy are actually the same movie. It's two guys uh, who are each trying to accomplish something that's good for the world. They're opposed by an evil challenger. Uh, it all comes down to a one climactic scene in which they can save the day. And I won't even bring up the similar father issues that they have. But, uh, you know, my wife, I've been studying stories so long that she hates to go to movies with me because at some point I'm going to elbow her and point at the screen and say, that guy dies in 31 minutes, you know, because they are that formulaic. But what that teaches us in, in terms of just being people who need to grow our business is if we can tap into that story structure in our marketing, uh, then we're going to compel a human brain better than our competition. Uh, there's two things that the brain is trying to do. One, it's trying to help you survive. That's what your brain is trying to do. So it's trying to help you survive, which means food, water, the basic necessities, all that stuff in Pavlo's hierarchy of needs, including finding a mate, uh, procreating, uh, building a tribe of people who 
uh, are like-minded to help you protect your uh, resources, getting ahead financially, uh, not wasting money. The, that, all of that fits into this compartment of trying to survive. So your customer, the number one thing their brain is trying to do is survive. The second thing their brain is trying to do is trying to not burn very many calories. Now that sounds really strange, but in order, have you ever had to think really hard, like in order to pass some exam and you feel like at the end of the day, you've run a marathon and yet all you did was sit your butt in a chair <laughs> and crunch numbers. It's because your brain literally burned a ton of calories. And so what your brain knows is one, I've got to survive. And two, uh, I've got to do this as efficiently as possible because if I burn too many calories up here, I'm going to deplete resources and it might, it might uh, affect my ability to survive. That's why when you walk into a room, you won't know how many chairs are in the room. Your brain won't subconsciously count the chairs. But you will know where the entrances and exits are because if there's a fire, you need to get out. So what your brain is doing in the background all the time is your brain is categorizing information, synthesizing information, and organizing information. And in order to do that, it has to burn calories. Now here's what, why all of this matters, and here's where story and marketing come together. When somebody goes to your website, if they can't figure out on your website, within a very few number of seconds, in my opinion, five, within five seconds, how you can help them survive, they are programmed to tune you out. In other words, they're saying, you're costing me too many calories to figure out what in the world you have that benefits me, so I'm going to check out. So what happens is your competition, who has an inferior product or service, they're not as good as you are. They're not as smart in terms of financial planning as you are. They have a better website, though, that speaks much more clearly. Almost every single time, the client will do business with them over you, even though you have the better product. So that's why it's really important to create clear and compelling message systems that are simple and easy to understand. And the most powerful to do, tool to do that is to understand story structure and how story structure works. So this kind of leads me into the next question. We'll, we'll pop up a diagram. For those of you that are listening via podcast, um, you can check all of this out on my website. We'll have live video up there. But um, so tell me the journey because this is interesting to me. So. Um, read a little background on you. Obviously, I, I've checked out a book or two of yours as well. How, how, give me the A to B to C, what, whatever the steps were that went, took you from New York Times bestseller um, to now a guy that consults companies. I know you've consulted Pantene. Uh, was Berkshire Hathaway on that list? They were, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, obviously, some big name companies. How did you get from New York Times bestseller to there? Accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I loved writing books. I've written them for years. Uh, and I uh, had a book about living a better story. And I turned that into a conference company. The conference company did okay. We had about 350 people coming to each of our conferences. But the problem is, there were 700 seats in the theater. And when you're wired like me, that is not a, a room that is half full. That is a room that feels almost completely empty. And it really bothered me. Then we'd send out surveys to the people who came to our conference and the surveys came back glowing. People, people loved them. So I thought, well, this will take care of itself. People love the product. They're going to show up uh, next time we do this. And next time we had 350 people in the room, half full. And uh, I got on an airplane one morning. I was flying from Portland, Oregon, where I lived at the time, to Indianapolis, Indiana. And there was a guy sitting next to me on the airplane and he happened to have a copy of my book. 
Now that had never happened to me before. I'd never seen one of my books in the wild. And I thought this is gonna be fun. So I sat down next to him. I said, Hey man, what do you think of that book? And he said, I, he looked at me and he said, I love this book. I mean, it's the third time I've read it. In fact, I'm flying to Indianapolis tonight to hear this guy speak. It's my favorite author. And I'm kind of going, you know, my picture's on the back cover of the book. <laughs> he just, but he didn't get it. And I thought, you know, I kind of joked with him a little more and asked him a few more questions. And then the light bulb went on above my head. I've got two hours to sit next to a raving fan and I can really find out what he thinks of my quote unquote brand. And a lot of you guys who are financial advisors, you're a personal brand, like it or not. What would, wouldn't you just love to hear what people say about you sitting right there in the room? Well, I had the opportunity and I took it. And what I discovered was he had a lot of nice things to say, but he couldn't put words to what I'd offered him that would make me want to go out and buy my books or would make me want to attend my conference. Now, obviously, he'd never attend my conference or he'd have recognized me, but uh, he, he, he was speaking in vague terms, saying things like, well, you just have to, uh, you know, you'd have to, uh, ex you know, read his books to understand. Those aren't things you want. You want him saying one sentence that makes me want to get off that plane at the next airport, walk into the bookstore and buy that book. And I took full responsibility for the fact that I had never given him that sentence. And so what happened was I went off to a cabin in Nashville, North Carolina to work on a book and thought, man, I'm going to spend a couple of days just clarifying my messaging. And that became, uh, let me explore story. I know it's the most powerful tool to use to help uh, clarify a message that turned into me creating a framework. And the whole genesis of this was just to take my own conference company through it. I never intended to start a, a branding process. And um, I took my company through that process. We went from 350 to 970 that we sold out a, a theater of a, a larger theater. We went from that theater to selling out a theater of 1700, went from 1700 to 2400 and on and on. And some of the guys on my staff said, look, you've got this framework uh, that helps a company clarify their message so that they can filter that into all their marketing collateral, their website, their email blasts, all these simple tools that we use to grow our business. Um, you ought to take another company through this. So I said, sure. I kind of hid something in my bio on Twitter saying I can help you clarify your message as a company. And the, the idea was that a plumber would call and want to get together at Starbucks and I'd take them through it. I kid you not, the very first call was Pantene, Procter & Gamble's shampoo division. Second call was Ford Lincoln. Chick-fil-A was the third. White House was the fourth <laughs> to, to work on an initiative that uh, President Obama is going to work on after he leaves office. Uh, and, uh, you know, on and on from there. Intel and uh, Berkshire Hathaway and a bunch of other companies. Uh, we've also worked with over a thousand companies that are sub $5 million businesses. And so, and those, those honestly are my favorites because we can actually make changes very quickly. There's not this massive bureaucracy that we have to go through. We can actually just look at your website and say, don't say that, say this and put a button right here and all the practical things that sharpen the hooks. So that's how StoryBrand got started. And, and what we teach though is we teach this seven part framework that is ancient, it's thousands of years old. Uh, but we basically say, unless your messaging is coming through one of these seven filters, if you will, nobody's paying attention. Nobody's listening. You're asking them to burn too many calories. So nobody cares that your grandfather started the company, right? Uh, nobody cares, wants to see pictures of your cat. If there's a, 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 a long paragraph on your website, nobody is reading it. You basically have to create uh, a story structure on your website. It doesn't mean that you talk, you tell the story of your company. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but a customer literally needs to go to your website or when they're listening to your elevator pitch, they're asking immediately what's in it for me. 
And so when you open up by saying, I really believe most people in this room can retire early and with more money uh, in their portfolio than they ever thought they could. Well, what did everybody in the room just do? You just said, I'm going to help you survive. I'm going to help you thrive. I've also positioned a obligatory scene in the future of your story that everybody in the room wants to achieve. And so what's the story question in their brain? How can you help me do that? And what do you do then? You start handing out business cards and people call you. But when you stand up and say, my grandfather started this company years ago and we've won 37 customer service awards and we have a goal to, to double revenue as a company, everybody is tuning out because it doesn't have anything to do with me surviving. So it's little things like that that we teach at StoryBrand, the real reasons customers engage, the real things they're looking for, and we help you filter out your marketing messages so you're not putting all that clutter in, up there. Very cool. So you actually, uh, your second company that you worked with uh, reminds me of a story that you shared uh, when we were in a, a private group, uh, actually when we first met, and it was the, if you don't mind sharing, it was the... Yeah the story of Lincoln and Matthew McConaughey and how they had really taken their <laughs> ideal client or prospect, I should say, and made them the hero, which is, I know, really big in your messaging. So if you don't mind digging into that and maybe the, I love the, this company did it really well examples and this company did not do it so well. So any of yeah. those that you would love to share, what I'll do is I'll pop up the screen share that kind of shows your framework. So, yeah. so the viewers Absolutely. Can actually, uh, envision this as you walk through it. Well, with Ford, we actually just asked for a lot of data on who their customer was the, to, who bought a Lincoln. And we basically helped them understand that they needed to position the Lincoln, uh, not unlike uh, a Viagra pill, <laughs> because the customer was at the same age, dealing with the same kind of things. And uh, that worked really well. But I'll, I'll walk you through the framework that you can see on the screen. If you're not listening to the podcast, but you're watching video, you can see on the screen. And you can see that uh, this is a seven-part framework for how most stories work. Not every story, but most stories. Uh, you start with a character. The character has a problem. That's number two. Number three is they meet a guide. Number four is that guide gives them a plan. Number five, you call them to action. And this either ends in a success or a failure. Those are the seven things that happen in almost every story. Now, we look at these as seven buckets, and we say all your marketing message needs to come from one of these seven buckets. And here they are. I'll explain to them as, as we go through. The first, your customer is the hero of the story, not you. If you position yourself as the hero of the story, you will lose sales. You always have to understand the customer's journey and the customer is the hero. That customer has a problem, and we need to identify what that problem is. In terms of uh, financial advice and consulting, uh, would probably, the problems would be, uh, you know, my, my financial life is chaos. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I feel inept to manage my own money. I feel like I'm missing out on something. These are the, the internal problems. External problem might be just the need to retire at some age. Uh, volatility in the stock market might be an understanding that might be an internal problem, but they have problems. And when we identify those problems and we list them out either in our elevator pitch or on our website, people go, oh yeah, we create a bond. They say, you know what? I struggle with that exact same thing. And they lean in and they engage into the story that we're telling. The next thing we understand in story is that uh, heroes can't solve their own problems on their own. They need somebody to help them. So storytellers have brought in this character for centuries called a guide. And Yoda is a guide. Uh, Haymitch in, in Hunger Games is a guide. <clears throat> there are these guides who help the hero along the way. And we would say what you need to do as a brand is position yourself as the guide in the story. In other words, you're Yoda. 
your customer is Luke Skywalker. And there are things that a guide needs to do in order to captivate the attention or set off the mental triggers of the subconscious of the customer to say, hey, you're my guide. And we, we need to do those things. Now, there are big mistakes for positioning ourselves as the hero in the story. In fact, when you look at presidential campaigns, for instance, uh, being a real life war hero is of almost no benefit to you in terms of uh, winning an election. Great benefit to our country and all these kinds of things. John McCain was a war hero, lost the election to somebody with limited experience in military experience. Uh, uh, Bob Dole, war hero, John Kerry, war hero, uh, on and on and on. They all lost to people with limited military experience. And what's fascinating to me about that is uh, everybody that they lost to played a guide instead of the hero. When you walk into the room and you say, here's what my brand is about, here's what my company is about, here's what we're trying to accomplish, what your customer hears is, oh, you're a hero too, because I woke up this morning and I'm a hero trying to accomplish something. Sounds like you woke up and you're a hero trying to accomplish something. Boy, I hope you get what you want, but would you step aside because I'm looking for a guide. And so what we want to do is walk in the room and say, hey, I understand your problem. Uh, I've helped a lot of people through that problem. And I can help you achieve this future scene in your life that it feels like you've been thinking about or daydreaming about. In fact, I've got a plan to help you do that. That is a customer-centric style of doing business. And when I talk about a narrative framework, story brand, the, the seven-part narrative framework, we're talking about experiencing that, understanding that, and doing business where our customer is the hero in the story and we're the brand. All successful brands get this. Apple gets it. Coca-Cola gets it. Uh, all these brands that have done extremely well, they understand that they are the guide in the story and their customer is the hero. So since we brought up uh, politics and we're right in the heart of that right now, yeah. segue, we won't go too far down this track, but why is Donald Trump winning right now? Well, there's, there's, that's a fantastic question. Uh, and politics aside, or my personal opinions about whether it's a good or bad thing that he's winning right now, aside, there are reasons he's winning. One is he communicates at a fourth grade level. In other words, uh, Jeb Bush communicates at an eighth grade level. Uh, uh, and he's out of the race. Donald Trump communicates. Who would be the better president? Well, probably, you know, a lot of people would say Jeb Bush certainly has executive and legislative experience. Uh, but the reason Donald Trump is pulling ahead so far is because his messaging is extremely simple. Uh, nobody listening to Donald Trump has to burn very many calories to understand what he's all about. And so uh, when he, you know, I've spoken to a bunch of people, about 20,000 people since uh, uh, he started running. When I say, hey, what is it that Donald Trump wants for America? Everybody in the audience can say he wants to make America great again. When I say, what does Jeb Bush want for America? Nobody knows. When I say, what does Ben Carson want for America? Nobody knows. When I say, what does John Kasich want for America? Nobody knows. Uh, that's not going to do well for you. Uh, when somebody goes to your website and I say, hey, what does this person want to help you accomplish in their life? If they say, I don't know, you just lost a sale. You need to say it. We, we call it passing the grunt test. So the idea is that can you sit down with your website and put it in front of a caveman and in five seconds close that laptop and have him grunt your offer? You make my lawn look good. My lawn care not cost much. My lawn looked better than neighbor, right? That's what we're looking for. <laughs> and even though that sounds so primitive and it makes customers sound like they're dumb, they're not dumb. They're just encountering 3,000 commercial messages a day. And if you want to break through all of that noise, you better have really simple, 
clear messaging points and you better repeat them over and over in such a way that people can finally understand them. And uh, Donald Trump does that. I mean, uh, can he back it up? I, I, I don't think so. Uh, but you know what he's about, you know what he's for, you know what he wants. The other thing that Donald does that will surprise you is he does not position himself as the hero. Uh, even the hero can be on every billboard in town and on the cover of every book and on every commercial and can talk about themselves a lot. But when he talks about himself, he literally refers to himself as the messenger. He says, look, I'm just the messenger here. And what he's saying is you're the hero. I'm Yoda. I'm just coming in trying to help you guys win. And he's, he is a flag or a representation of a mass group of people. He, and he's extremely in tune with those people. Uh, somebody like Jeb Bush is coming in saying, Hey, you know, here's my story as governor. And here's, and people are going, I, you know, I don't know what you're about, or what you stand for. In fact, we, we flew to Miami and met with Jeb Bush's campaign and, uh, it was a little too late, but we helped them revamp their website. And he chose a tagline. I'm for a stronger, freer America, safer, freer America. In my opinion, if you've got commas in your tagline, it's too long. Uh, but Nevertheless, he went from 3% to 10% and then dropped out. Uh, and we like to tra- take credit for that 7%. It's like over 300% there. I'm impressed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How are you going to compete with Make America Great Again and everybody's stupid but us, right? Uh, so that, that's why he's winning. Simple, simple messaging. And uh, it's just true in politics. The person who can come up with a simple statement that is relevant to people and repeat it loudly and often will almost always win, almost always. So what does that mean for you? It means your elevator pitch needs to be, hey, we help people retire early with more money than they ever thought they could. Just keep saying it. And you're gonna get tired of saying it? When you get tired of saying it, say it for just one more year. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're tired of saying it, but people haven't really heard it. Somebody has to hear something about eight times before they really understand what you're talking about. So how many times have you said it to somebody? Right? And so, again, you're at a cocktail party. What do you do? You know, I'm a financial advisor, but ultimately what we do is we help people retire younger and with more money than they ever thought they could. Over and over. If you literally steal that line from me and make yourself say it 75 times next week, your business will grow. And so those are the sorts of, uh, that's just, we want people to understand how the brain works and then give them the messages that they can say over and over in all of their marketing collateral. So you need to say that in your website. Uh, You need to say that in an automated email nurturing campaign, which can be created free using MailChimp. Uh, You need to say it live in person uh, when you're at a cocktail party or in an elevator. It needs to be on your business card. You just need to repeat it over and over. Now, you can use any message you want as long as it's compelling and it it, it triggers the brain to say, hey, this person's going to help me survive. Uh, but that's basically the story brand framework. Understand your customer's story, play the position, play the role of guide in their story, and offer them something uh, that they really want and will help them survive and thrive in the future. And I'm going to throw one more disclaimer on there, as long as it's compliance approved. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you guys have a special set of hoops to jump through. But, you know, uh, it's funny because I, I, we have financial advisors at every single one of our workshops. And uh, they always bring that up. And I tell them this story because I think it's a funny story. Uh, it's a, there was a, an industrial painter who came through one of our workshops. And he said, Don, you know, our business is so complicated. We powder coat auto parts. That's a dominant revenue stream. 
we have a concrete sealant. So we seal people's driveways and sidewalks and mostly commercial applications. And then I've got this, this sterilized painting uh, system or whatever that we use for hospitals. That's a big revenue stream. So I've got three revenue streams that are just scattered and, and I don't know that I can get my website to communicate one simple message. And so I said, Hey man, can I just put your website on the giant television screen? And so I put it up on the big television screen, but it looked like a website for an Italian restaurant. I mean, I have no idea what he was trying to communicate. I mean, I'd like organizations that he supported in the community and all these kinds of things, really well-meaning stuff, but ultimately it, it wasn't selling anything. And I said, look, what if we just, by show of hands in this room, if we change this website to say, we paint all kinds of crap, and then just put one button that said, get a quote, do you think this man's business would increase? And every single hand went up. It, it's really not that difficult. It's not rocket science. The problem is, it's the curse of knowledge. We are so close to our product and service that we project our understanding of it uh, over the people that we're talking to and we talk over their heads and we need to back it way up and get way more simple in our communication. So you had, uh, you've done some work with, with a financial advisor or two, and, uh, I did check out the website and one thing that was really cool. You had this picture that I love because I think it's great for all the listeners or whoever's watching here. You had this big, it's, and everybody has this drawer at their house, this big junk drawer. Mm -hmm. that has all you know rubber bands paper clips erasers pens all that stuff in it and you made the analogy um on the website is is this what your financial life looks like or something yeah like yeah it's your has your life become a junk drawer yes and and i think unfortunately for a lot of retirees out there who have gone 20 or 30 years and randomly bought products along the way switched financial advisors moved that's what their financial life looks like. Mm -hmm. And you did a really good job on the website of, just with a picture and a, and a very simple statement. And I was like, makes sense. Yep. You know, and it's like, we can help. And, yeah. and, and a lot of companies would put a paragraph about, you know, we've been doing business X number of years and we've done, and it's, you, nobody cares. They, we need these, these really uh, strong emotional kind of sound bites of, of, of helping people identify the problem that, uh, that they've got and go, Hey, that's me. I really need you to help me out. And so, yeah, so that was one of the ways we did that. And that gentleman, uh, one trusted advisor is, uh, he actually changed the name of his, his company when he went through story brand, he was called Provident something and, uh, nobody knew what he did and his website hardly explained what he did. And, uh, and so we changed everything and now he's, uh, he's booming. I mean, I think he's going to hire seven people in the next year, uh, just to take on the new business that he's getting. Uh, so, the, you know, there, there are really three traditional P's in business. People, get your people right, who you selling to and who you're working with. Uh, what is your product? Uh, if you've got a great product, and I think everybody watching this webinar has a great product. And then the last, the last one has always been processes. Like get your processes down. And once you get those down, you can franchise up and scale up and all that kind of stuff. We had a fourth P and that's positioning. So if you have great people, you have a great product and you have great processes, and you're still not growing, your problem is positioning. You are not positioned in the market where you want to be. And people aren't thinking of you. And we want to make them think of you. Very cool. So um, can, you, can you go through, because you've kind of seen the before and after as far as a financial advisor is concerned, what are the mistakes you think most financial advisors are making right now? Whether it's their website or their message in general. I know we talked about the curse of knowledge, but 
what were maybe some of the mistakes you saw when you started working on the front end of, of the gentleman that you're referencing? Well, the gentleman I'm referencing is actually my financial advisor. So I want to be careful because I really like him. And also he's, he's got the keys to my, my fortune, right? Uh, Dangerous proposition. Yeah, exactly. I can't throw him under the bus. But his, uh, and he's also a wonderful guy. But uh, his website uh, was, uh, uh, you know, true to his heart. He, he had a lot of painting uh, pictures of paintings and quotes and things that had nothing to do with financial advice. Now, nobody listening probably has a website that that's bad, that's that bad. But I would say almost everybody listening can cut almost 90% of the text out of their website. Uh, We want images of happy customers. Just make a short list real quick. Images of happy customers, testimonials, no more than one or two sentences about people. Now, if you, if you can, can do this in compliance, right. Satisfied with, uh, with your service. Uh, and then we want, uh, all of the buttons at the top of your website, you probably, and I, when I say you, I mean, everybody watching this webinar probably has way too many buttons at the top of their website. There needs to be one obvious button to press and it's schedule a call or schedule an appointment. However you want to word it, that needs to be a different color at the top right of your website. And it also needs to be in the center of your website above the fold. These are just practical tips. What that does is it, it's it, without me having to burn very many calories, it tells me what you want me to do and that's call you. And then you got to give me a reason to call you, right? Would you like to retire early and with more money than you thought you could have? Yes, <laughs> I would. Now, if that's in compliance, uh, so be it. If not, we've got to figure out a way to, to massage those words so that they are in compliance. Uh, but those would, those would be uh, two very basic things. Here's another thing. Um, I, I really want you to start collecting email addresses. Uh, email is the most powerful way. It's a sales force that works while you're sleeping. And a lot of people will say, well, Don, we do that. You know, you can sign up for our newsletter. Nobody's going to sign up for your newsletter. You need to offer them something in exchange for that email address. And once, and, and, and I'll get there in a second, but, but once you get that email address, you need to create about five or 10 emails that they get once every week. It gives them something really practical and helpful for free. Uh, how not to panic when the market is volatile. Uh, you know, three keys to uh, making more money off real estate property or whatever. You probably don't deal with those kinds of portfolios. But uh, you want to help them here's the other thing. It gets your email in their email box for 10 straight weeks, which means they're thinking about you 10 times longer than they were, than they would have before. And when they start thinking, you know, I probably need to change financial advisors or I need to find one. You're going to be in their brain because you've been in their email box for 10 weeks. Not only that, you've given them really practical, helpful information. You position yourself as a guide. Now, when they have a question, they say, this guy's helped me about eight or 10 times just through email. I'd like to, I'd like to meet with them. So that's one thing. The other thing that you can do is when you offer that free thing in exchange for that email address, uh, you want it to be something really helpful. And it also will help you segment your audience. So let's say um, I've got three kinds of customers as a financial advisor. I've got a customer who wants to help, help, me, uh, help me make them more money. So this is probably somebody who's making less than a million a year and they're thinking about more money, right? How do I increase my wealth? Then I've got a second customer, kind of customer, and they're basically just thinking about tax strategy. They're making five million or less a year and they're tired of giving it to the government. And then I've got a customer who's making more than five million, let's say between five and 10, 
they're thinking about legacy. They're probably a little older. Their company is a well-oiled machine and it's printing money for them. They're thinking they've got the tax strategy stuff figured out or they've done everything they can do. They're thinking about passing this along to their kids without ruining them. Well, I need to separate those three customers in order to market effectively to them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a uh, five mistakes you can make with your first million. Five mistakes people make with their first million. Well, anybody who gets that PDF from me, which I can pay a writer to write. I don't have to write it. I can pay a writer to write that. Anybody who gets that from me, that email address, I know a specific suite of products and services this person needs and helpful advice that they need. The second one says um, five ways you're paying the government too much every April or whenever your, your quarter or your financial year ends. Well, I know this person is probably thinking about tax strategy, probably in that $5 million bracket. And then uh, how to leave uh, wealth behind without ruining your kids. Well, do you see how I, with those three PDFs, I can segment my audience. And then on that every third or fourth email, I can say, hey, listen, if you want to talk about building a legacy strategy, I'd love to meet with you. Call me. Well, now you have a sales force, a digital automated sales force that is working full time. And whenever your phone, first of all, you're not calling anybody. Your phone rings. It is a qualified customer. Why'd you call? Well, I, I just read this PDF that you wrote about, uh, you know, ways to, to leave wealth behind without messing up your kids and got me thinking about my portfolio. Great. Well, you, you now know exactly what, where this person needs to go. So that's the sort of thing. And how much does that cost? Yeah, we've had customers who spent six figures on their website, hundred grand. And we looked at the website and you said, and you know, I don't know how you say it. We try to say it very nicely, but I won't say it nicely here. They wasted a hundred thousand dollars. We've recreated their website for about $3,000 and they saw an uptick in business because your message matters more than your marketing, right? So that's three grand there. You pay a writer a thousand bucks to write the PDF. MailChimp is free. You're now in $4,000 and you have an automated sales force that you'll make that money back on your first client. You just have to put in the time. You have to figure out those messages and what you need to say. That's where the real, the expense isn't financial. The expense is your time. Uh, but if you can build that automated system, your company will grow. So I've, I've got, I, I jotted down a note here while you were talking. Yeah. A lesson in delegation for all financial <laughs> advisors that are listening to this or watching it. You heard a writer say, a New York Times bestselling author say, pay a writer to write it. And well, that's uh, because I'm a writer, right? <laughs> exactly. I know. And that's, that's what I love, though, is because systemization and knowing, hey, this tool will help my business. You can have the concept and pay somebody else to write it. Obviously, it's got to go through compliance suitability that we've referenced here a few times but it doesn't have to be you. Nope. And I would, I would assume at this, at this point, Don, you're not the guy writing all the copy for every email drip, right? I mean, that's I actually, I'm actually writing a good bit. If it's got my name on it, I write it, but that's because I'm that guy. Right. But uh, we do have a team of writers who write other stuff and facilitators. Uh, but you, you don't have to do it. And not only that, you might not even have to hire a writer. If you can find something in a financial magazine and just say, Hey, I wanted to link to this magazine and actually share some thoughts I have on this article because I thought it was really fascinating. Uh, that's fine. You really just want to hit their box, their email box, <coughs> once a week with helpful information. Uh, and that positions you further as a guide. You also want to ask for the sale. You want to ask for, you need to be very strong. We call it driving to the hoop. You need to drive to the hoop. You need to say, hey, schedule an appointment. I want to talk to you about X. Otherwise, people won't do it. 
And so anyway, those are, there's a bunch of little concepts like that, but you know, we do these workshops and by the time somebody leaves the workshop, they have their plan together and what they need to go home and execute. Well, I remember you shared an analogy. It was like the buy it now button on Domino's, you know, order pizza. And then you're like, Hey, I ordered a pizza one time. And then like next Sunday, right around kickoff for the football game, I get an email. Would you like this pizza? <laughs> it doesn't have to be complicated. Right? Tell you, they must be Seahawks fans because they email me right before the Seahawks game. They know I'm sitting my fat butt on that couch. <laughs> <laughs> I just press that button. Actually, I look around and make sure my wife's not looking, and then I press the button. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. So, um, with the little bit of time, first off, this has been an awesome conversation. So, thank you for yeah, carving some time. My out. pleasure. Um, so, I want to segue a little bit. Um, there's we've got a little bit of time here left and being obviously an author and I'm sure, well, it looks like you read plenty of books based on your backdrop there. <laughs> and uh, so I'm curious, do you have a book? Um, maybe what's your favorite book or one of your favorite books and, or I'll, I'll give you two options on this one. Is there a book that you've gifted frequently um, that, that you'd like to share where you, where you've just got some amazing thoughts yeah. or, or beliefs out of it? Well, I'll just talk personally a little bit. Uh, there's a book by Christopher Booker called The Seven Basic Plots. It's about an 800-page book. I don't think I've got one behind me. I've got about four copies laying around the house. Uh, but it's just about story structure. If you really are curious, just from a story perspective, how it works, uh, that's 800 pages of text smaller than your Bible. You'll, you'll, you'll geek out on it. I buy that book for a lot of writers. Uh, the, I'm reading a... Meacham's biography of George H.W. Bush right now. And, and I've never had such a sentimental experience reading a political biography. I read them all the time, but I, I, it's such a wonderful book. And it, what I love about it is the book that lets you know uh, who to be rather than how to be. Uh, it's a book about a man who I think had a deep integrity. Uh, and I just love that book. Um, the, the book that I would recommend, though, for everybody to read is uh, a book by a guy named Greg McEwen called Essentialism. And you've probably read it. And it's just a book that helps you create your priorities, organize your time. Uh, and it, it's the best. I've read a dozen books on that subject, but this is by far the best. And I would recommend it for anybody who feels a little bit overwhelmed and you, like you've got too much going on. Essentialism. It's a great book. It'll give you your life back in so many, if you, you know, if you apply some of the principles that he talks about and he overdoes it, I think a little bit, but you, you, I learned so much from him and I'm so grateful. I, I, I get more done and I play more than I ever have before I read that book. So that would be the one that I would really recommend. It's a great read. The, uh, the story right at the beginning where he's rushing back to the business meeting he shouldn't be at just punches yeah. him right in the gut. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. As you're listening to the audio book going to the meeting that you shouldn't yes, be. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, I, I've definitely been in that spot a few times myself. So, yeah. um, all right. I'm going to throw rapid fire a few questions at you if you're cool with it. Go for it. If the heat gets too hot, just like hang up and leave. So I'll pretend that we had a bad connection. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> When you hear the word successful, who's the first person that pops into your mind and why? Ooh, you know, I think your buddy, Michael Hyatt, I, I think uh, one of the reasons he pops into my mind is because he's successful in his career, which is what I want to do. Uh, but he's got a family and he's successful with his family. In other words, his kids love him and his wife is going to stick around. And so uh, I, when I think about the things that Mike has accomplished and uh, maintained his integrity, uh, he's definitely a point on the horizon that I point to and say, you know, I just want to keep heading toward Mike. And I'm really, and, that, and I don't want to put him on a pedestal. Mike's a great guy and 
uh, we're friends, but, but he is a guy I said, you know, I want to pattern a little bit of my life uh, more after what Mike does. I couldn't agree more. Uh, what I like about the more I've gotten to know Mike is he's authentic. What, yeah. You know, he's, not, he's not a guy that writes a blog and then you meet somebody different when you meet him in person. Yep, exactly. Um, all right. So we'll keep rolling here. Uh, if you could go back, uh, how, if you don't mind sharing Don, how old are you now? 44. 44. All right. So you're 44. If you could go back to your 20 year old self and just give yourself one piece of advice, it could be business related. It could be life related. What would it be? You know, I think about that question a lot. And the truth is I'll, I'll tell you what I would say, but the truth is I wouldn't say it because there are pitfalls that I could have helped myself avoid. Uh, but I would be so scared that I wouldn't enjoy who I am today because I, I think I'm made much more by my failures than my successes. And so to go back and say, Hey, don't do this. It's going to be a big failure. Uh, I think would be negative. So there, there are plenty of, uh, if I could go back, I, I would be tempted to say, Hey, don't date that girl. And don't do <laughs> but you know what I would say early on? Uh, and I think I'd be safe. I wouldn't screw up the way my life is right now. I'd say study story. Like when I was 20, if I would have just started earlier, I didn't start really studying story till I was in my thirties and study it. It is, it's to, it's to study stories, to study life. It's to study business. It's to study psychology. It's to study all of it. Even if you have no intention of writing, understand story structure and how it works to me, but I'm a geek. You know, that, that would be like saying to a musician, go back earlier and start studying music. Uh, it's not for everybody, but I would, that's the advice. I'd, and also don't date that girl. <laughs> well, you actually, so uh, spoken like a true growth mindset guy, I'm actually just finishing the book mindset, which is a great read for those that haven't read it that are listening or watching. Okay. And, and it's the philosophy of a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And oh, yeah. the growth mindset is learning from failures and getting better. The fixed mindset is you are who you are, whatever you were born with. And it's just, uh, it was cool to hear you. Uh, so. Yeah, actually, I think I'm going to pick up that book. It sounds fascinating. Well, your buddy Mike was the one that recommended it. So okay. I've got him right. for that one. Um, so actually, you made me uh, just, you made a reference to music right there. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've heard you, I'm probably going to completely butcher this. Um, you basically say there's noise, and then there's music and the difference is structure, right? And, and then I think right. you use the same analogy with, with story, a, a properly uh, formed story. Is yeah. there any more to that? Or is it that simple? Well, it's pretty much that simple. I mean, noise and music are the same thing, really. And it's just uh, waves traveling through the air, rattling your inner eardrum. The only difference between noise and music is that music is noise submitted to rules. And if you can submit noise to very real rules, you're not cramped in terms of your creativity or your expression. You can express a million different things in a million different ways. But when you break those rules, you definitely descend into noise. Story works the same way. Life can feel like a series of random events. Uh, but when you take those random events and you organize them in a certain way, they create a story and the human brain responds to story differently. When we look at most of our clients' websites, when they come through a story brand workshop in order to clarify their marketing and their messaging, when we look at their websites, what I'm looking at is noise. It is not clear. It is not, it, they, their messaging has not obeyed rules. Uh, they have not filtered down their messaging through the seven-part framework that we teach. And so what people process their messaging at is noise. And what people do with noise is they take that business card and they put it in the junk drawer. And that's not what we want. We want them to take that business card and put it in the Rolodex of their brain so they always have access to it 
And when the stock market goes down or they get into a bad investment, they think I'm going to switch guys and they pull that business card right out of it. Once it goes in the junk drawers, might as well go into the trash. So that's the importance of creating music with our marketing as opposed to noise. Awesome. One last question, because I know you have a very serious engagement to attend following this. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, all right. So if there was one piece of advice you could leave everyone here with today that has led to your success, what would it be? Oh, boy, there are so many. I mean, I, so many things go through my head about getting enough sleep, getting enough rest, uh, staying focused, all those sorts of things. Um, but I would say, you know, the, the real thing that has led to my success, it comes out of Greg McEwen's book, Essentialism, but I, I learned it way before that. I will, I will have a day planner that I created, had my graphic artist laid out and I fill it out almost every morning and it puts a to-do list on there. It puts my appointments on there and uh, a few other things, uh, but it gives me three projects to work on. Only three things. You can only work on these three things today. And you can go pick up your dry cleaning and all that. But there are three, three major things. I usually only can get through two of them. Uh, but for me to sit down in the morning and say, what's important? What are the two things that are the most important? And for me, I'm a profit-minded guy when it comes to business. And so I, when I say, what are the two most important things? I say, it might as well be, what are the two things that are going to make you the most money today? Because like so many people watching this webinar, I've got to make thousands of dollars a day just to keep my staff. Uh, and I don't want them. I like them. They're, my, they're like family to me. So I got to get this work done. And so focusing on the two things that are the most important things to get done today. And those things are going to get done no matter what. If I don't pick up my dry cleaning, that's fine. But I won't do is have finished that chapter in that book and pick up your dry cleaning as equally important things. They're not. The dry cleaning can go. Uh, this is the most important thing. And it's amazing how our minds get confused about what's important and what's not every day. So even just asking the question, what are the two most important things that I need to get done today? Uh, not only that, but it gives me sanity, right? I mean, it turns my mind from a junk drawer into an organized uh, you know, the forks and the spoons and the knives are in <laughs> separate compartments. And I like living that way a little bit more. Uh, so that, that would be the key to my, my success. And, and I, again, I'm a, if you ask me that question, we could talk for days. Uh, the, another one would just be your relationships. Uh, I think, uh, I don't want to oversimplify this because to oversimplify it is to make it untrue, but there are people who are givers in life and there are people who are a little bit more takers uh, in my lifetime, I've encountered and gotten into relationships with about three people who are takers. I don't think there's actually very many takers. I think most people are givers. I really believe that. I mean, I think almost everybody you meet is a giver. They can be annoying, right? Or they can make mistakes, but they're givers. Uh, I think not spending too much time with the takers is really important. And so there's probably somebody watching this and they're going, Man, Don, you just gave me permission to get out of this business relationship because this person is definitely a taker. Uh, and you, you, it's going to cost you. And so uh, I've learned to see them pretty early and just to not even get into, get into business with them. And, and even personal friendships, I'll just get out of that. I don't have enough time. We're all going to die, right? I, wanna, I want healthy, good, solid relationships. <laughs> I don't want to be dragging that around. So that that'd be so. There is seven pieces of advice when you only ask for one. <laughs> I love it. That's all of them were great. All of them were great.
So Don, I just want to say thank you. Um, this has been an incredible hour or so that we've been able to spend here together. I know it's going to be incredibly valuable for the financial advisors among others that, that will watch and listen, this, uh, yeah. listen to this. So thank you. Um, My pleasure. I uh, hopefully we'll run into each other next time I'm in Nashville. I'll be there a few more times this year. I love it. We'll get some barbecue. <laughs> well, hey, oh, we're in Kansas. So you, have, you have to be careful with that one. There you go. <laughs> so, but if you make it our way, then we'll, we'll show you barbecue up here. Sounds but, good. Um, one thing I want to leave everyone with here today, um, what, what Don's actually put together, he has a, a new, I believe it's a new website, 5minutemarketingmakeover.com where if you want some of this stuff just to distilled down, I'm going to guess in about five minutes or so. Yeah, three uh, five-minute videos. There you go. So hop on there, plug in your email. It's going to be incredible, just like this last hour you spent with Don. So uh, definitely yeah, go those, You know, that I'm remembering now, the third video is actually about 10 minutes. Don't tell anybody. But we actually show you the before and after of what we did with the Jeb Bush campaign. And it'll give you a really good vision of what your website looks like now and what it can look like after you clarify that messaging. And I think most people would see that and say, man, I wish he had done that early on. He might, he might be the front runner, but too little, too late. There you go. Five minute marketing makeover.com. Go check it out. So anyway, Don, thanks again for the time today. We'll let you run. I know you've got some fun planned for a little later. So thank you so much. Thank for you joining. so much. This was a blast. All right, buddy. We'll see you. Bye. Hey guys, this is Brad again. Just a few more things before you take off. Number one, seven technology hacks that financial professionals can use to reclaim unproductive hours every day. This is a free tool I'm gifting you on my website, bradleyjohnson.com. It's available right on the homepage and includes seven tools, apps, or other technology hacks I've uncovered in the last decade or so of consulting the top financial practices in the country to allow you to put hours back on your calendar. There's only one way to get it. Subscribe to my free updates and it's delivered to your inbox as soon as you do. Once again, it's available at bradleyjohnson.com. B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-J-O-H-N-S-O-N.com. My gift to you for checking out the podcast. Number two, if you've listened to a few of my shows now and enjoy it, I'd appreciate you heading out to iTunes or Stitcher to rate the podcast and just let me know what you think. If you have ideas for future guests, please share them there as well. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you on the next show. The information and opinions contained herein are provided by third parties and have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Advisors Excel. The guest speaker is not affiliated with or sponsored by Advisors Excel for financial professional use only, not to be used with the general public or in a sales situation.